Antoinette. Um, we are just waiting for Daniel Salty and Al Adelman. Um, mm -hmm. Al did say he's having difficulty joining, so I did send him another another link. Okay. So hopefully that works for him. Um, I'll try sending another reminder form too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Antoinette, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Andy. Thank you. Mm Sure, Adelman, are you able to hear us? Chair Adelman, um, all the DRC members are here. Uh, our newest DRC member, Roberto Leo, will not be attending tonight, so it will be the four members this evening. Okay, I think you can hear me now. Yes, we can. Okay. All right, so are we going to proceed? 
yes, we can proceed uh, whenever uh, the committee is ready. Okay, so I'm assuming you want me to start and do the welcome at this point. Yes, please. Okay. Good evening and welcome to the Wednesday, August 18, 2021 regular meeting of the Design Review Committee. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Committee Member Grodin. Uh, Committee Member Leo Almarquez absent. Committee Member Salty. Here. Committee Member Tomasillo. Here. A Chair Antelman. Here. Okay, um, this is a time that we set aside for public communication to talk about any item that is not on tonight's agenda. Madam Clerk, is there anyone who would like to speak to us on any item not on the agenda? We have no public communications indicated just on our uh, agenda item number two so far. Okay, then I'll move forward to, uh, to consent items. Uh, and it's going to be approval of design review committees April 7, 2021 um, meeting minutes. And are there any edits or comments on the minutes? If none, may I have a motion and a second to approve the minutes of April 7, 2021 meeting? Um, Madam Clerk, could you? Well, we need somebody to do a motion first before we can right. call roll. So we need a motion of approval and a second. I'll move to approve the April 7th minutes. I can second. Okay, then Madam Clerk, could you please uh, have a roll call? Uh, this is time for the Di Design Review Committee to vote on approval of the minutes from April 7th. Uh, Committee Member Grodin. Sorry, yeah, yes. Uh, Committee Member Leo is absent. Committee Member Salty. Yes. Committee Member Tomasillo. Yes. Chair Altman. Yes. That motion carries four yeses and one absent. Okay. Okay. The next item on the agenda is project uh, one two zero four six. The WASH Design Review and Administrative Use Permit located at 4107 East Main Street. I apologize, Chair Edelman. The project uh, agenda item number two this evening is Laurel Court for a formal design review and coastal development permit with exceptions in the warrant located at 1028 Front Street. Okay, then I've, I've got a typo on my uh, guide. So then let's we, proceed with, with that project. Yeah, we apologize for that. And uh, the project planner for this will be Jean Burse. And uh, we do have a staff presentation. The applicant will also be available, but there is no um, applicant presentation. Uh, this is uh, committee member Tomasella. I'll need to recuse myself from, from this item as I have a con conflict. Um, as uh, since RRM and Main Street have merged. And uh, Madam Clerk, if we can move uh, committee member Tomasello to an attendee 
and then we'll be prepared to do staff presentation. Okay, I will change his role to an attendee. And then we'll hand it over to you, Jean. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. The current item on the agenda is a request to review a three and a half story mixed use project with 46 dwelling units, 6,552 square feet of commercial space and 60 parking spaces in a podium parking structure. Next slide, please. The project site is a vacant parcel located at the southeast corner of the intersection of Front Street and Laurel Street in the southeastern corner of downtown. Next slide, please. Existing context includes repurposed industrial sites that contain a variety of uses, such as retail and office around the site. Next slide, please. The immediate area was once the primary industrial and warehouse district of Venzura. Recently, it has been transforming into an area with a distinct character with mixed use projects that are under construction, have been entitled, or are under review. Nearby projects include the Thompson and Calorama project, which is under construction and is located at the intersection of Thompson Boulevard and Calorama Street. It is a mixed use development that has 45 units, ground floor commercial space, and a parking garage. Another nearby project is the Front Street Mixed Use Project, which is located directly across from the Laurel Courts Project site at the intersection of Front Street and Laurel Street. The Front Street Mixed Use Project has been entitled and consists of a three and a half story mixed use building with 46 units, 6,382 square feet of ground floor commercial space and a parking garage. It has a scope similar to the Laurel Courts Project a third nearby project is the Front and Calorama project, which is one block west of the Laurel Court site at the intersection of Front Street and Calorama Street. It is currently under review in the planning process. Next slide, please. The following is a brief background of the Laurel Courts project. Back in May of 2018, the DRC reviewed conceptual design for the project and provided comments that were generally supportive as shown on the screen. Since that time, the majority of planning staff and DRC members have since changed. The applicant submitted a formal application for the project in April 2019 with final resubmittal of plans last month. Next slide, please. The proposal remains predominantly the same as reviewed with the conceptual design back in 2018. It consists of a mixed-use development with the intent to appear as three distinct buildings. Majority of the project is three stories tall. Proposed are 6,552 square feet of ground floor commercial divided into six tenant spaces that range in size from 912 square feet up to 1,388 square feet. Upper floors above the commercial spaces and the two-story residential building along Laurel Street contain a total of 46 multifamily residential units, including five affordable units. The podium parking structure in the interior of the site contains 60 parking spaces and is accessed from a proposed alley at the rear of the site. The red, yellow, and green 
uh, dashed circles on the graphic on the right side of the screen uh, indicate the intent to have three, uh, indicate that the design to have, um, to look as though there are three distinct buildings. Next slide, please. The commercial building along Front Street orients to, to Front Street and has a central lobby area with access to the upper floor residential units above the ground floor commercial spaces, which develops the mixed use component of this project. The central lobby area is intended to help break up the commercial building and add to the appearance of this part of the site to appear as two distinct buildings along Front Street. Materials such as different colored block help to differentiate the commercial spaces from the residential units above. Whereas you can see on the left side of the screen, uh, the block is more of a brown sand looking color. And then you see a break in between, that is the central lobby space. And then as you see red block moving, uh, continuing to the right side of the screen. Next slide, please. Proposed streetscape improvements, such as angled parking along Front Street and perpendicular parking along Laurel Street, street trees, landscaping, and a publicly accessible plaza, the corner of Front Street and Laurel Street are intended to enhance the pedestrian realm and offer a main street type of feel. The corner plaza serves as a focal point of the site. It is elevated above the public right of way and offers patrons of the commercial spaces outdoor seating. Next slide, please. The commercial spaces, as you get closer to the corner, uh, wraps the corner and the design transitions to townhome units along Laurel Street. A visual break is provided through a proposed courtyard space that offers pedestrian access to the podium structure. As you can see, the red uh, block uh, material, and then you see a staircase leading up to the podium structure, and this is the break to that courtyard space. And then further to the right, you see the townhome units. Next slide, please. Townhome units along Laurel Street have a stoop frontage, which serves as an enhancement to the pedestrian realm and helps this portion of the project appear as residential in contrast to the commercial spaces located at the corner. Next. Slide, please. Street frontage improvements, such as the wide sidewalk, public plaza, and landscaping in front of the commercial building will help to shape the future streetscape of Front Street. Doing so contribute to the developing character of this portion of downtown in ways similar to nearby projects that are under construction, entitled, or under review. Next slide, please. The DTSP is intended to be a tool for the continued revitalization of downtown through implementation of a form-based code which provides predictability for how development will occur. It does not provide specific density for sites, but rather regulates items such as height, size, and design. The Laurel Courts project proposes a density of 39 units per acre. This level of density is consistent, but lower as compared to the density of other downtown mixed use projects. Next slide, please. Feedback was provided to the applicant team regarding overall design prior to tonight's meeting. Projects that have been approved in the past five to 10 years and are currently under construction appear to have similar features, 
architectural styles and design characteristics. Many are contemporary designs with smooth stucco plaster finishes. Staff believes it is beneficial for projects being reviewed today. Take a different approach than previously approved projects in order to avoid public concerns about new projects looking the same. Next slide, please. The building design was modified after the applicant team received feedback from planning staff. The revised design incorporates additional materials along the ground floor of the commercial building to further distinguish it from the residential units above. Next slide, please. Staff believes the design can be enhanced through additional attention to the exterior of the buildings along Front Street and Laurel Street. Enhancements may include, but are not limited to, the choice of color palette, materials, and architectural details. Such modifications may further differentiate each part of the design, which can be beneficial to the entire project to help the overall design look as though there are three distinct buildings. Staff would like feedback from the DRC on overall architectural style and design. Next slide, please. Materials proposed for this project include stucco to identify residential portions of the project with roofing material in the form of metal seam and corrugated polycarbonate material. Masonry products are proposed as a way to identify ground floor commercial spaces. Next slide, please. Additional materials include retractable fabric awnings for commercial spaces that wrap the corner, outdoor furniture for patrons, and lighting for the public plaza. Next slide, please. The proposed development has a maximum height of 54 feet, 10 inches, and four stories at the highest point along Front Street. The project proposes the maximum allowed with a 25% four-story footprint which complies with the height standard of the DTSB. The building incorporates a variety of design elements that create an eclectic architecture style with industrial, contemporary, and Spanish features. The project appears as two separate buildings along both the Front Street and Laurel Street frontages. Buildings share some repetitive elements along the Front Street frontage, such as faux balconies, awnings, and window patterns. Each building along Front Street has the opportunity to become more distinct Staff believes additional design can enhance the differences between each building, creating a more eclectic complex through placement, massing, proximity, purpose, and unifying elements. Next slide, please. Commercial spaces wrap the corner and transition to the townhome units along Laurel Street. Staff believes additional design can help distinguish townhome units as residential units at the pedestrian scale. This project transitions from three stories at the corner to two stories along Laurel Street. Additional consideration regarding the color palette and additional architectural detail may help to better distinguish between commercial space at the corner and townhome units along Laurel Street. Next slide, please. Vehicular access to the podium structure for residents is located in the rear portion of the site. This part of the design incorporates balconies accessible to residents from the podium structure that will provide views looking south toward the ocean. Next slide, please. Staff is seeking guidance on potential enhancements for the east elevation. 
we believe this part of the design may benefit from additional architectural treatment and detail. Next slide, please. Staff is looking for direction on the overall architectural style and design of the project, but propose questions as shown on the screen to help provide guidance. We can come back to this slide later during discussion. Next slide, please. Conceptual imagery shows the design intent of publicly accessible open spaces for the project that include an eclectic paving pattern and an engaging public plaza. Next slide, please. Additional conceptual imagery conveys the design intent for courtyard spaces on the podium structure for residents and rooftop patios associated with units on the fourth floor. Next slide. This courtyard diagram highlights courtyard spaces identified in the dark green color on the podium structure, which are located throughout the interior of the site. The DTSP calls for primary courtyard spaces to be located in the rear portion of the site, but does permit courtyard spaces on the podium structure, but must be within the rear yard of the site. Next slide, please. Oral Courts proposes to provide a total of 5,905 square feet, or approximately 12% of usable public open space in the form of four internal courtyards on the podium structure and 1,404 square feet of public plaza space. Public plaza at the corner of Front and Laurel Street is open to use by the public and will include seating areas and landscaping. A decorative paving pattern is used to further define and distinguish open space areas and along project frontage. Landscaping is provided along the perimeter of the site in the form of street trees and landscape planters with a variety of plant material. Overall, the public plaza provides an exciting focal point for the pedestrian realm. Next slide, please. The DTSP has prescribed standards for courtyard spaces, such as size and limits on architectural encroachments. Staff believes the proposed courtyard spaces can be enhanced further than what is currently being proposed. Next slide, please. Such enhancements can include, but are not limited to, reducing architectural encroachments into open space, providing larger courtyard spaces, and providing additional amenities for residents to enjoy. Next slide, please. Staff is looking for direction on the landscape design, but proposed questions as shown on the screen to help provide guidance. Next. Slide, please. Although the DRC does not have purview of warrants and exceptions, staff is seeking guidance on design regarding open space. The proposed project design triggers the need for one exception and two warrants, all related to the open space requirements of the DTSB. The table on the screen provides specific requirements that are not being met and staff's recommendation for each of the items. In general, the exception is in regard to the primary shared open space not being the rear yard. Two warrants are in regard to the courtyard areas not being at least 20% of lot area and projections into courtyards. Staff does not judge a project by how many warrants or exceptions are involved. The DTSP has dozens of very 
precise regulations that may not work or even be applicable on every site. That is why a warrant and exception process is provided in the DTSP. For the two warrants and one exception the project requires, staff believes the minimum open space requirement and the amount of architectural projections into open space should be focused on. Staff believes the exception is not as significant as it will likely have minimal impacts on the public and surrounding properties. This is primarily due to the rear portion of the site being adjacent to extra space storage, which is the personal storage use, and an active rail line to the south. The minimum size, however, is an objective standard with the intent of providing usable open spaces for the benefit of the project and or public. The minimum size and dimension requirements prescribed are intended to make the open space a focal point of the project and help define massing and character of a project. The proposed 12% open space seems as though it can be increased for a project of this size. In addition, there are architectural features such as balconies and staircases that project into these spaces, making them feel more restricted and can affect the quality of the open space experience. Next slide, please. Staff is looking for direction on the design of courtyard spaces, but proposed questions as shown on the screen to help provide guidance. Next slide, please. Staff believes the project design can be improved without modifying the site plan. Improvements can include, but are not limited to colors, material, architectural details, and adjustments to courtyard areas. The proposed form and massing seem to be appropriate. Staff seeks DRC guidance on the best approaches to address items as outlined in this presentation. DRC is not limited to items identified by staff, and we request feedback and direction on any other design issues the DRC sees with this project. Next slide, please. These are questions which may help the DRC to provide direction for staff. Uh, we can come back to this slide during the discussion portion uh, of this uh, meeting. Next slide, please. Staff's overall focus is on the best project and design as possible for this site. Given the complexity of the DTSP, staff does not rule out the possibility the best project and design could include warrants and exceptions. We ask DRC to focus on what makes the design work and staff will focus on preparing the necessary findings to support such a design when and if this project returns to the DRC or moves forward to the planning commission. But thus, uh, given the aforementioned staff's recommendation uh, to the design review committee, uh, we recommend uh, that uh, the committee recommends to the planning commission to approve the formal design review with the following design direction uh, as shown on the screen. Thus concludes staff's presentation. And the applicant team is here and um, has, does not have a presentation, but um, may have items to add for discussion. Okay, well, before we move forward, I didn't ask if there was any ex parte communication regarding this project between any of the members of the DRC. Okay, so uh, this 
Any of the members of the DRC have any questions of staff? Yeah, I have one question. Um, where is there accessible parking on the outside of the building or is it all internal? There is parking uh, located along Front Street in the form of uh, angled parking and then also parking located along um, Laurel Street. If we could go back to the site plan, I believe may have been within the first 10 slides. Here we go. So as you can see on the screen, there is, uh, you have the parking structure and then you have the angle parking along Front Street and then the perpendicular parking along Laurel Street. So is any of that gonna be proposed to be accessible, handicapped? They are not proposed to be ADA parking spaces. The ADA parking spaces would be interior in the, in, in the podium here. Thank you. Okay, so we don't have an applicant presentation, but there is someone available for questions. Uh, yes, uh, I, I'm present, uh, Chair. I'm uh, Nicholas Deitch with RRM Design Group. Um, I, I don't have a formal presentation to make. I'm available to answer questions. I think um, uh, considering uh, that, that the, the staff are generally relatively new to the process, they've done a pretty good job of ferreting through the a specific plan. Uh, those of you who've uh, worked with this document previously understand that it is not an easy code to ferret through. Um, I've been working with it for many years now, and um, I, I'm very appreciative that there are warrants and exceptions uh, provided and that, uh, that there's opportunity to use discretion in that regard. Uh, one example I want to point out to you is that the um, the courtyard requirement in the lesser intense zones and for the courtyard buildings is actually 15% in a less intense zone, and it's a it's a higher percentage in the high in the greater intensity zone, which to me is completely counterintuitive. Um, <clears throat> and with regard to the courtyards, what we've what we've tried to do is. Uh, create spaces that allow people to gather intimately, uh, connect with each other. It's dispersed throughout the project. We're really interested in providing uh, very livable dwellings. So they all have cross ventilation. They all have light and air on at least two sides and in many cases on three sides. Um, and uh, they, they have either access to courtyards or they have their own private balconies and terraces. And uh, you know we're we're more interested, honestly, in in sort of the quality of the experience, and uh, you know the the fact that the corner plaza is available, which the this, the specific plan doesn't even acknowledge as an opportunity. Um, you know, from my view, we've we've you know tried very hard to make this a, a interesting, um, socially um, enticing uh, design, and uh, you know we're we're certainly open to your thoughts and suggestions. Uh, with regards to everything that staff raised, I, I'm, we've been working on the project for about, you know, six years now, and uh, um, we were very hesitant to make any additional changes until you, you all had a chance to look at the project and give some direction. Personally, I'm, I'm quite pleased with what we've got here in terms of its fit with the neighborhood and the scale and, and, uh, you know, there's always room for improvements. Um, but it's it's been a long haul, and I know that our um, uh, the applicant is very anxious to to get the thing 
into into the stage of becoming reality. So I'm here to answer any additional questions you might have and um, see if we can move this project along. Excuse me, Nick. Care of with RRM as well. I'm uh, I, I'm with Nick on this project, and just to add a couple items to what he said, I think uh, in respect to the courtyards, you know, we did talk about the courtyard size and how, and as Nick said, the variety of um, the variety of options that we chose that we provided the back deck that has the fireplace that could be you know for the group like smaller groups together and then there's more like uh much smaller groups to be in like we call we had all these different names or like the happy hour terrace and the sunset <laughs> viewing for couples and that we i mean obviously we envision this to be more professionals and not so much families and that the location being in the downtown or close to the downtown it's so easily walkable to the beach and to uh, downtown with the parks and so I think we 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 thought that providing the units with their own private decks and more of those opportunities was was the focus versus the being you know, exactly to the detail of the of the specific code. So, the, and the and that as Nick said, the the plaza on the corner, which we thought would benefit both the tenants and the public, that doesn't even count in our calculation. So. That I think with that, you know, we would be much closer to the number. And so, I mean, that is, is just not counted. So that we just wanted to highlight highlight those items in that. So, um, and I think pointing out the, the other part of staff and staff's presentation was great. They totally, they totally illustrated everything. That's why we didn't do a presentation. The point about the elevations and asking for more details or, um, distinction from other projects uh, that are being built. You know, we, we as Nick said, we started this a long time ago. And the, the idea when we started it was to be simple and timeless and to focus more on the proportions and color and the doing the elements like the awnings and the railings and just the 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 shape of the buildings and and those and that that was that was really our focus so that it there if you look at some of the other projects that are along the existing buildings along front street um like the star building or some of the older ones they have a very simple aesthetic and we were just trying to honor that that kind of aesthetic um so yeah as you could see these so yeah, they're all very simple and we were just trying to, we were kind of, we were keeping in that, in that element. And I know that it is that throughout the city, a lot of, a lot of developments are kind of going this direction. Um, but we were doing it based on the context. So um, I think that is, and just about, I, I read some of the comments that came in from the public that talked about um, con, uh, concern about the, the sidewalk width and the, the 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 parking along the street we spent a lot of time with public works and the fire department and um the the transportation to talk about the width of the street and the angle of our parking and the width of our sidewalk and the way the plaza would work and we we you know we went back and forth based on like what we hope to have and their requirements the fire department everybody had you know we so we are to what they, everyone all agreed to. So just that we did acknowledge that. And um, 
like council member Salty talked about handicap parking. I, I thought I did have some along the street. Uh, we can accommodate it because all the street parking is bonus to our required parking that's provided under the podium. So we are parked per as required under the podium. All of the street parking that we're providing is extra. So thank you. That's all I had at this time. But if there's any questions, I'm here as well. Yeah, can I? We also have we have the last yeah um either either nick or kara um from the last presentation you guys give gave which i watched in 2018 in may to this to this one you guys have raised the the plaza is there a reason why and if so could you please explain uh i'm you know danny i'm trying to remember the uh, uh, the site i can Oh, do you want me to talk about it? Yeah, go ahead, Kara. Yeah, please. I think our first presentation, we had not incorporated all of the grading measures and that through talks with public works, there was a recognition of some unique challenges along the uh, stormwater managing. And so we had to, in addressing that, which so there's this balance, it looks like it's a pretty flat site, but in balancing the stormwater items, which are along the alley, and then the streets frontage along Front Street, the there actually becomes quite a bit of a distance. And so, to get our accessibility, and if you look in the in the podium under the podium, we have like this long ramp and all kinds of. We we went back and forth with our civil engineer and also pub, public works and water. The water department did review our drawings to confirm that we were gonna be able to address the drainage along the street. And we also were looking at the access. So the commercial, uh, um, I, I don't, in the, you may have seen in the packet, the grading plan, which showed the, the, the pads step down from the very, um, the east, the east side of the property. That northeast. Piece, yeah, northeast, yeah, thank you, northeast and then to the plaza, and then it keeps stepping. So we had to address different items. And that was also the thought that by creating the, it was bonus doing the plaza at an elevated, created, you know, semi-private. So if it's a restaurant or something, they could have this kind of unique seating area while still being viewable um, to the, being a part of the, and then having the open side where the, that enhanced paving that goes to the flush um, out to the crosswalks. Did that answer it? Yeah, thank you. We also had a engineer that reviewed it. We did talk about the different grades and so the placing of the columns and everything, which is a part, it was balanced between the civil and the structural and the water issues. <clears throat> Um, and uh, and I'm also I'm also remembering that the entrance at the at the lobby on on Front Street into the residential is also the the ADA point of access to the arcade that runs a, along the front of the commercial, Correct. and that is all level to the plaza, and that allows all of that commercial from the lobby west uh, to be at the same floor elevation. So we don't need to put additional ramps and other mechanisms to, to get uh, wheelchairs up and down. Um, so there was a, a, a fairly um, 
intentional uh, functional response that ended up with that grade change at the plaza, Danny. And it enabled flexibility in what the commercial spaces might be if it's a restaurant or a bookstore or how many commercials could be the how many types of yeah. elements. Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Nicole Horn. I Carrie was trying to introduce me. I just want to let you know that I'm the landscape architect and I'm on the call. So if you have questions about programming um, or, you know, additional questions about that corner plaza in the courtyard, I can help answer those too. Can I ask one more question? Are you going to need a railing in that plaza on that on that side because it's raised? I believe there are some there is some railing and some planter that that provides that separation, Daniel. And mm -hmm. I, I think we have some pictures of that. Yes, and at that corner, the very corner, that's why we have that um, step. So it's so we can um, not have that same that thirty inch drop. We can avoid a thirty inch drop at the at the very edge, right on the corner. Otherwise, there's a railing along the arcade. Thank you. Uh, Member Groden, you have any questions of the applicants? Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks, Danny, for asking those questions. I had the same questions that could be Member Salty. So, uh, but I do have a question. Is the choice of no presentation by the applicant their choice or staff's choice? Um, I think uh, Bill, I think that um, at this point we felt like number one staff does very thorough presentations. Um, we, uh, I, I think it was it was it was our choice. We felt like there's there's a lot of information provided, and um, honestly, I didn't realize we were going to be the only item tonight. If I had um, known that, we might have taken more time to to take more of your time, but uh, we were not aware that we were the only item up. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, we don't see too many items, so we're, we're, everything's changed, as you know. Yeah, uh, I guess so. To staff, can you explain the board versus variance? I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing. There may be multiple people unmuted. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Groden, do you mind repeating your question? No problem. Can staff explain exception versus variance? I, I think he's asking to uh, for us to explain the difference between a warrant and exception as far as uh, when it comes to variances of the DTSP. Is that correct? Correct. And um, I've been asked that a lot. And I, I think I know the answer, but I'd like to, to explain it. So and, uh, um, this is Kara. I'm just going to also, I think also um, uh, Bill Groden mentioned variance, which was the older term that we used to use in the plant, in the zoning issues. So, that was a question for staff. Sorry, Kara. I was just going to make sure they didn't, they didn't miss it. Thanks. So uh, warrants and exceptions that's described in DTSP, uh, they're what we are used to in a playing world. Uh, uh, variances in effect, but uh, the degree of variance uh, as it pertains to DTSP, a warrant is seen as, um, to put it plainly, like a minor uh, variance or a minor variation from the requirements of the DTSP and exceptions uh, are uh, more, um, 
uh, how should I say, a little more um, deviating more so from the code. And I'll also uh, let Netta chime in as well. Sure, thank, thank you, Jean. So um, the exception and warrants uh, are primarily distinguished in the DTSB by who reviews and approves those, um, the exception or the warrants. The DTSB calls out that uh, exceptions are, are reviewed and approved by the Planning Commission and uh, the downtown specific plan actually calls that the warrants are reviewed and approved at the administrator or director level. What staff has typically done um, in the past is included that in review with um, the uh, formal design review that the uh, design review committee reviewed. And so uh, they based it on the degree of what they thought was the um, deviation from the standard. And so if it was a standard that they felt was um, less um, significant, that it would be through a warrant and more of an administrative process for the items that they thought was a deviation that was more significant, they made an exception that would be reviewed at a higher hearing body like the Planning Commission. So that's the primary distinction. Uh, they do not call them variances in the downtown specific plan. Uh, since it is a form-based code and there's a lot of really prescriptive objective standards that it was just if a project couldn't meet that specific standard that they could go through a process of relaxation from that standard. Um, we do hear those terms exchanged a lot, variance and exception and warrant, but um, they are different term in terms of what the form-based codes and the municipal code states. Uh, I hope that answered your question, Committee Member Grodin. What is the actual width of the, the sidewalk? The, the, not the on site parking or street parking, but the, the actual sidewalk itself. It, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's um, having some difficulty hearing you, but I think you were asking about the sidewalk width. The sidewalk width is eight feet along the perimeter of the site, the exception. Uh, given that it expands to be to a wider width as you get closer to the public plaza at the corner. I was saying the width of the sidewalk is eight feet along the site perimeter. And then as you get Thank to the you. Outside, okay. I, I got it. Thank you. That was a good explanation. Thank you. Um, so you've mentioned uh, the word distinctive quite a few times that we should try and make this more distinctive. What do you mean by distinctive? So, Netta, would you like me to uh, tackle this one? Uh, so, by distinctive, basically the intent of this design and the DTSP calls for uh, different portions of the site of this design to uh, be look as though they're different buildings. And so, what I mean by distinctive is, uh, are there additional elements and enhancements that can be applied to the overall design to make, for example, along uh, the front street frontage, the commercial phase uh, with the residential on top to make the left side and the right side uh, look as though they're separate buildings because the DTSP, uh, the intent of uh, part of the code is for uh, the downtown area to uh, look as though uh, there are, are uh, multiple buildings on one site. And given the fact that the site is a larger site, uh, that intent is uh, explicitly expressed in the code. So being distinctive, uh, the intent is to show uh, that this one project 
looks as though there are multiple buildings on this site, given the size of the site. Okay, I think I understand that. Am I, am I muted? You're not, Mr. Mr. Grode, we can hear you. He froze, he has, he's having internet issues on his end. There, he's back. Community member, can you, can you hear us? Can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. He's having internet issues again. Okay, well, maybe uh, I'll address the applicant with some questions and then we can come back to member Groden. Uh, Nick Cura, uh, my typical question, am I going to see gutters, downspouts, scuppers cut into the walls of uh, this building or are we draining everything uh, on the interior of the building? On the on the public sides, Al, everything is drained to the interior. On the on the courtyard sides, there probably will be some use of gutters and downspouts, but there's a lot of parapet. And where we have parapet, it'll be an internal drainage system. Okay. Um, windows. Uh, you know, typically we like to see a window detail. Uh, I don't think I was able to to bring one up if if it was provided. Uh, just tell us about your windows. Are they recessed? What are the materials? Yeah, I think I think the intention at this point is to use uh, one of the higher quality uh, vinyl windows. Uh, we are intending to recess them. You can see that the elevations suggest a, a variable recess anywhere from two inches to six inches, depending upon the location. Uh, walls are furred out in some cases so that we get a deeper recess. Uh, but it's a it's a, intended to be a you know fairly straightforward, simple aesthetic. And Kara referred to the. Um, the star building as as kind of one of our sources and it, it really has a, a similar character in that regard the windows are slightly recessed uh not real heavy um simple details trying to keep it clean are all the windows the same throughout the project same type of windows yes okay um one other issue and you know plaster always kind of concerns me because it cracks yeah. Uh, did you give any consideration to using expansion joints and maybe using them as an architectural feature to kind of break up uh, the front of the build, the side, you know, the massing, kind of make it make the shapes a little bit more interesting? Um, we we certainly could look at that, and um, you know, depending upon the application of the stucco, uh, I I think that's probably a, a a pretty good recommendation if you'd like us to to uh, pursue that with more vigor. Yes. Okay, and uh, acoustics, uh, and I might have asked you this the last time around, uh, are you doing anything special considering the train that runs behind the building periodically? Uh, yeah, um, so you you know, of, of course, we're going to uh, be required to have an acoustic study. Uh, the train is quite intermittent, but it still is a source of noise. And my expectation is that the windows, at least facing the the train in that direction uh, will probably be laminated glass, which is extremely effective uh, in reducing that sound. And uh, and again, we have um, in in ver 
virtually every dwelling, there are windows on faces that don't face the railroad tracks. So windows could be open that are not, you know, exposed directly to the railroad tracks. Um, but I expect we'll be using some special windows along that train frontage now. Okay. Uh, do any, any of the other members have any additional questions? At this point? Yeah, I, have, I have one more question. Do we have a landscape architect on here or is it just architects? On, on the DRC? Committee? Yeah. On the DRC, we're, we do not have a landscape architect at this point. Uh, who, wants take, who wants to take over the landscape role? Okay. Can I ask another question? Sure, go ahead. Uh, this is for staff. Uh, you said the ma the massing seems appropriate. Does the massing seem appropriate to the downtown specific plan or our form-based code, or does it seem appropriate for the neighborhood? The it to be contextually sensitive is is that what you mean by the the matching? It states in the in the. Um, staff report that the massing is appropriate. The massing. I, I apologize. I, I misheard that. M-A-S-S-I-N-G. Sorry about my audio. I have no idea what's going on. Um, I'm having trouble. My yes, question we, is about the massing and why, how is the massing per staffing report considered appropriate? Is it appropriate for, for the um, form-based code, the downtown specific plan, or the actual neighborhood in which it sits next to the front side and then adjacent to the to the wharf and the other buildings. I know there's a proposed kitty corner, kitty corner building, but that's not there yet. How is it how is it appropriate per the staff report? Uh, thank you, committee member Grodin. Uh, the massing in terms of how there is articulation and changing of planes and step backs in the upper floors and the step down from four to three to two um, adds the variety uh, in massing that is appropriate for the design. And then the massing as it's laid out in the form-based code in meeting the percentages and what the heights and massing dictate in the design guidelines and standards. And so uh, the project was re reviewed based off of that. Um, since we are building to a vision of what the downtown specific plan intended for this area, the massing is appropriate in context to that vision. So it is not necessarily appropriate to its existing neighborhood, but maybe its future neighborhood. There are one story, two story, larger one story with you know warehouse buildings. Um, and uh, there's a variety in the massing there. Um, are there existing three-story buildings at this time? No, but there are several that are uh, entitled under construction or under review. Thanks. Okay, if there's no further questions, then uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Yes, uh, we posted our nine emails that we received uh, in our supplemental packets, and we do have three public speakers. Uh, for our public speakers, I will make you a panelist that will allow you to turn on your camera while you speak to the DRC. Our first speaker will be Kelsey Joyner. Kelsey, I made you a panelist. You're unmuted. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hello, my name is Kelsey Jonker, and I am an owner of the restaurant adjacent to this project, Chopper's Pizza. 
I would like to start by saying that I support additional housing being built on this empty lot. By remodeling our downfront project and choosing to place our restaurant at this specific location, we've made a concentrated effort to bring life into this area. Every day, we strive to make this community a more desirable place to live and work. We hope that our restaurant and soon our roof deck are enjoyed by the community as a whole. My chief concern with the project as proposed is that it is not being developed with the community in mind. There has been no outreach by the developers to share their plans and intentions. We tried to meet with them to discuss their project, but unfortunately they canceled three minutes before the scheduled meeting. When we tried to reschedule, one of the owners replied, quote, I can talk Wednesday AM 6.30 on, but only to listen as we are too far along to revise our plans and I am least able to address all that has gone into the design, end quote. As you can see, community outreach has been non-existent even to their most immediate neighbor. Our chief concern is preserving some of the view toward the pier from the roof deck, which is largely considered a very cool and exciting addition to the community. Clearly, the goal of these developers is to have as high a unit count as possible so that the approved design can be sold at the highest value to another developer. I suspect the applicant will not build this project and therefore has no pride attached to its legacy. We must make sure that the approved plans are as good as possible to ensure that whoever does eventually buy this land is held to a high build standard. I don't see that in the project as submitted today. For being an Oceanside City, we don't have many public spaces where the community can enjoy an ocean view. We have the immediate beach areas, some hotels, and soon this rooftop deck. Everything else does not have public access. As Nick Deitch has rightfully pointed out many times, the freeway took care of that. Therefore, even if they maintain these unit counts, we would like to see the developer reduce the height of the rear buildings so that the roof deck is able to maintain a view of the pier and ocean. If unit count is paramount, perhaps additional stories could be added toward the front of the property. Front Street has the opportunity to develop into a very distinctive and unique neighborhood one that is different from other areas in Ventura. Whatever is built there should add to that uniqueness and not solely capitalize on what is already there. Thank you. Our next speaker will be Carrie Johnner. Carrie, you're unmuted. Okay, thank you. Hi everybody, uh, my name is Carrie. I'm the owner, operator, and brewer at Transmission Brewing, directly adjacent to the proposed project. I'm heavily invested in the Front Street Corridor and have big hopes for uh, its success in the future. There's another project fairly recently approved on Front Street. It's been referenced several times that I strongly disapprove of on its merits. Um, I don't feel this way about, about this project, so I'd like to make that clear. Um, I'm excited to see this development in its future form. I hope this process can bring it to the level that the site and the community deserves. Uh, staff has mentioned that the exception for courtyard space does not impact surrounding parcels. Uh, I don't think that's true. By meeting just over half the courtyard space, we are visually uh, impacted from the adjacent property. Um, on a side note, I'd like to mention that the men, uh, most of the landscaping is shown on the public streets. And this is dependent on the street parking being redesigned could be a challenge, maybe it's already been addressed, but this adds to the one block building visual. Um, should Public Works or, or something not approve this parking layout, there'll be very little landscaping along that frontage and I think that should be considered. I'd like to think that the applicant really cares about the area, uh, whether the builders or not, I guess we'll see. Um, there's been an opportunity, uh, hasn't been an opportunity for discussion yet, so, while my request here is, is self-serving, I think that it's also what's best for the community and those to 
who choose to visit our town. Uh, the proposed project will block our westerly ocean and sunset view from our elevated roof deck soon to open for customers at Transmission Brewing. Um, part of this uh, Front Street's appeal is its connection to the pier and the promenade. I think our roof deck gives a visual uh, key connection between the two. I think hundreds of locals and visitors will be experiencing this space on a daily basis. The massing and architectural elements from our angle towards the proposed project seem to have been largely unconsidered. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to ask DRC and the applicant to consider their impact on the businesses surrounding the project and keep in mind that our publicly accessible spaces define the experience for most of those who live in and visit Ventura. The building heights and just two of the buildings uh, would have to be adjusted. And I think those could be moved elsewhere. And I think that would fix our issues as far as our roof deck. Um, I hope the project can provide its residents a quality living experience. It's not to the detriment of its neighbors and the patrons that visit there. That's all I have. Our next speaker will be Stephanie Caldwell. Stephanie, I made you a panelist and you're unmuted. Thank you. My name is Stephanie Caldwell. I serve as the president and CEO of the Ventura Chamber of Commerce. We're a membership organization serving businesses in our community. On behalf of our 25 member board of directors and 700 member businesses who employ more than 24,000 employees and local residents, I'm here to speak with you tonight. Our chamber has long identified the lack of available housing at all levels as the single largest impediment to economic prosperity. The economic prosperity of Ventura allows our city to provide the necessary infrastructure and desired amenities that our community residents want and that help to keep Ventura such a desirable town to live in. Projects like Laurel Courts development will help satisfy some of that community need. Providing 46 units, five affordable units, and some well-placed commercial spaces. This project fits well within the uh, emerging vision of our front street, as it was called out in the dis, uh, downtown specific plan. The plan calls for this part of town to be transformed into a neighborhood center, increasing intensity, which housing like this will help to achieve. The benefits of this project are highly desired by our businesses, whose employees want a variety of housing stock, including rentals that are close to their downtown jobs, where they can walk, bike, or skateboard to and from work, restaurants, and activities. This kind of development will help activate this underutilized space, which will directly benefit the neighboring businesses on Front Street, as well as our downtown businesses. It creates desirable and interesting neighborhood, which adds to the vibrancy of the city that we all love so much. I agree with the staff report and that you recommend approval to the Planning Commission. Thank you for your efforts and your consideration. Chair Antelman, that concludes your public speakers on this agenda topic. and applicants coordinating with the community? Is, is, is that something that's optional? Is it mandatory? Is it advisable? Uh, what, what's the policy on this? And, and if possible, I'd like to speak to that as well, Chair. Sure, please. Um, we had substantial outreach to the community. In fact, when Jeff Lambert was the uh, community development director, he requested that we prepare a, an overall strategic plan of Front Street and help people understand 
the implications of the downtown specific plan and its vision for this area. And we did that. The, the This developer and the other developer on the uh, caddy corner paid uh, us to do an, an analysis of that. We had meetings at our office where we invited all of the property owners. The owners of the wharf were there. Um, I honestly, I don't recall whether anyone from uh, the transmission from the uh, brewery were there, but they were certainly invited. I I'm, I can assure you they were invited. Um, and and we got some very positive feedback about this. The people of the wharf had concerns about traffic and you know how this might impact them, and I believe they were. Uh, satisfied and one probably why they're not here this evening. The project also went to the DRC in 2018 as a public hearing and we have been more than willing to engage with anybody who wanted to engage with us. The project has not changed substantially since it went to the DRC in 2018, but the neighbor has built a new roof deck being fully aware that this project was in process and we got the invitation to meet with them or the request yesterday. And that's the first I'd heard that they had any concerns. Um, and I, and my our client, who's dealing with a, a family challenge, uh, was was actually you know, quite um, concerned and frustrated that this would come up at the last minute. We just were not prepared to engage and talk about changes to the design the day before we're going to meet with DRC. Um, so you know, I'm I'm a little I'm a little frustrated by that. We're always interested in engaging with the community, always. Okay, well, let me put the question back to staff. What what is city policy in terms of coordinating with uh, with neighbors and adjacent Thank property you. owners? Thank you, Chair Annelman. Um, we always encourage applicants to um, reach out to their neighbors, to go to community council meetings, to um, share the project um, if, if they're willing to. That, something we, we do encourage with projects. It's not something we can require. Um, and since uh, our tenure, uh, Peter Gilley and myself, uh, in, in 2019, we developed a development map that showed all projects from the moment they are submitted to the city uh, on this development map. So any member of the community that is interested in what's going on in the city, can look at that map and reach out to us. And if they want to engage in a conversation about it with staff or with the applicant, we're happy to coordinate and, and do so and pass information on. We have set up meetings with, with uh, community members and other applicants and developers, as well as passed on information. So um, from staff's perspective, we, we, we try to engage and incorporate as much communication and modifications early uh, in the process uh, we also have not been reached out to um, by Transmission Brewery requesting any changes or uh, information or uh, engagement on this project. And this project's been well posted uh, and advertised uh, to the community, correct? Yes, it has. It's, it's been noticed according to requirements and been on our development map for uh, probably over a year now. Okay, thank you. Then uh, I'm going to close the, uh, the public uh, hearing portion and uh and chair adelman if 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 i may um bef before deliberation um madam clerk if we can move the applicant team down for deliberation and then i just want to clarify a couple of comments just so we're clear for the record and 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 the drc is also clear on on the process um we 
every applicant is provided the opportunity to a presentation. Um, our, the bylaws say that presentation is limited to 10 minutes, um, and that can be extended if the chair does allow for the extension of that uh, presentation. We did reach out to the applicant this morning asking if they had a presentation uh, for us. They made the decision and option not to do a presentation. So just want to be clear, staff had no role in that decision, and nor do we um, ask or require applicants not to do presentations. Uh, this is not the only item on the agenda. There is an inf informational item on, on the agenda after this, so please don't leave after this item. And then uh, there was a comment made that the courtyard space, the plaza space did not count towards their courtyards, and I just want to clarify that that 12% does include the open space of the courtyard at the corner with the four internal courtyard spaces, and that's where that number did come from. Just so um, when you are having discussions to be aware of those were all contributing um, areas. Thank oh, I think, you. Okay. I think one of the issues is I may be the only one that was present in 2018 uh, when the presentation was made and the, the two members that are with us uh, this evening, uh, probably having a presentation would, would have been very helpful for them as well. So uh, maybe when there's substantial changes on the committee, uh, it might be advisable to recommend that uh, the applicant does a second presentation for the new members. So okay, can, we can encourage that of, of applicants um, to to provide history or context or presentation. Sure, Chair Adelman, we can take that um, information back to our applicants. Okay, then uh, we're just going to we're going to close the public hearing and move to deliberation. So, um, gentlemen, feel free to make your comments and discuss. Al, how do you want to unpack this? There's a lot here. Do you want to go like line item by line item, or do you just want to? Yeah, that's go? that's a good point. There is a number of uh, issues that were identified on the slide, and it might be good to go line item by line item. We can each uh, render an opinion on that particular comment, and uh, uh, at the end, sure. we could maybe summarize or try to figure out how we want to make our recommendation to the planning commission. Committee members, there was three different categories, the architectural style and design, the landscape design, and then the warrants and exceptions. Would you like me to put the questions up for each of those categories and then tackle them in those three areas? Is there any disagreement on that? If not, we'll, we'll proceed as staff recommended. We'll start with the architectural style and design. Okay, uh, let's start with the first one. Uh, Member Salty, Daniel, uh, any comments on this? Sure, I, I think my comment has maybe two points to it. The first being, this was approved as, as a conceptual package in 2018, and there wasn't any major design changes. And I, I do feel like for this project in particular, maybe, um, maybe changing the design now is, I wouldn't say it's unfair, but it's, it's a little disingenuous to kind of give an approval and then resend it based on new DRC members. Um, my, go ahead. Sorry, committee member Salty. I just wanted to clarify there was no approval. So no, 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 no. But there was there was an overwhelming consensus that there was, um, I would say, a, a design direction, an approved design direction in the project. 
by all the DRC members at the time. I mean, I may be quoting that. That's just what I saw from the video. Yes, and there was conceptual feedback, but um, please, please feel free to comment. Uh, sure. You know, so formal design same, is a different. Within that same framework, I would say this building is bro broken up into three into three pieces, and architecturally, they're not as differentiated from each other as as probably I would like to see. Um, the, these two pieces on the left are kind of you know, brother and sister, like they're, they're the same almost. And I would say to do, if you're trying to look for a little bit different design within the two and, and keeping within keeping the same design as it is now, they're kind of both have bases, they both have middles and they both have tops, right? So if we can, if we rearticulate maybe the top on one and differentiate from the other, let's just call them hats. I think there's ways to put different hats on these, on these siblings. Let's just call them right we're doing it with color and not necessarily materiality right now the bases are the same material the cmu the middle stucco right but they're different colors and then the the tops the hats are the same on both of these projects and that's a very traditional way to break up a building right you have a middle you have bottom middle top and that's i feel like it's appropriate so if you want to if you want to do something different to the left one i would just say maybe change the hat on the on the left one right it's, it's a different shape roof. Um, it could be a flat roof. It could be, you know, you could, you can, instead of just a gable on both sides, you can change that. And I think that would, that would add a lot. The other on these two facades is they have, a, you're trying to differentiate the railing. I just don't think it's differentiated enough. So let's just call that the jewelry. I think the one, the jewelry on the left side could be different, a lot different than it is now than the right side. And I think those are kind of easy things to do that would start to to change those two pieces but i do like the way the buildings kind of mirror each other um they're in, you know they're in conversation there's having a dialogue so if you if you did want to differentiate those two that would be a way to do it and there's this there's a centerpiece that connects it connects both of them that's um i think it's polygal or polycarbonate and you may want to re relook at that relationship and find a way to break that a little more and i think those two would be a little bit more distinct Right, so that would be my opinion on on those two those two facades. And then if you wrap to the other side, um, there's there's a row house that's kind of by all by itself. I think this is where you have an opportunity to change that. I it, this building right now doesn't read. I think it's four units. It looks like to me it's two, three, four, five, six, seven. It looks like it's eight. It's reading like it's eight. And I I know there's like a there's there's an entrance on one side and there's a back door to the other, but I think there's a way to make this look like you can make this look like four buildings and maybe do something different at the parapet level instead of doing it the same way on the other side. That would be a dr drastic change and basically you can keep your same floor plan, you can keep the same aesthetic and I think that would be a way to kind of change change that building. And so for me doing those simple things, I think you could you could start to make the building. Um, speaking, you know, like looking like individuals, but they're all kind of having the same conversation. If you will. Member Grodin, any, any comment? Is he timed out? Member Grodin, you're muted. Oh, there you go. Sorry, I have no idea why it's taking, why everything's so delayed for me. I muted before I started talking. Um, I actually had a, uh, I have some of the same comments that, that 
committee member Salty just uh, stated, and some of them have to do with the time frame and like, yeah, 2018. It seemed like it was pretty well um, uh, received, and then I, what the heck happened between 2019 and we and July 6, 2021? Um, but the buildings aren't different, so. Stylistically, I don't really care what the style is. There's good of every different style out there. Um, the buildings aren't different. I don't have necessarily a problem with that, but the buildings aren't different. If you really want to make the buildings different, there's a lot more than, than changing the lipstick or the color of the the, the base. Um, the hats, is, as Daniel called them, uh, that, that's correct. You could change that. And maybe it would help out a little bit more. I don't necessarily see a big reason to um, to change, have different buildings, but if you are, if the direction is to have different buildings, then they need to be more than just um, some color of material change. Uh, massing wise and everything else, they all they it, it's all it's mostly one building until you turn the corner, and then and then it does change. But um, yeah, from so from from street to street. There is a change, and I appreciate that as far as you know, so-called different building. I don't have I don't have this big. I, I'm not tied into this uh, changing, changing the building for the sake of changing the building or undulating the building for the sake of undulating the building. But if you if that is the goal, then there needs to be something more than just what we're seeing now. Um, and I'm not trying to suggest that that is something that I I think that should happen. Um, I think overall the 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 style the the, the massing is well done. I think it's too big for the current current um, area. The massing is too large for for what it is now. Hopefully someday, I do know the vision of the of the area, and hopefully someday it will fit within the context of the area. I don't think it's going to with the um, with the transmission and the uh, front side, which is the, uh, the Becker the Becker area. Um, I do I do wish it respected. The areas, uh, the current existing adjacent areas, a little bit more than it does. But um, if you really, if you really do want to make the buildings different, you have super talented architects that are working on the project. And, and okay, well, I'm gone. There's not much I would disagree with, but I would note the point that in 2018, there, there was not a major concern about the way the building was, was broken up and divided. Uh, it seemed to seem to work. It seemed to be adequate. Could it be better? I'm, I'm sure it could. Uh, they could go back to the drawing board, spend another two years and come back to us. Uh, but there are things that they could do to make these elevations uh, look a little bit more distinctive, a little bit more interesting. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, possibly uh, breaking things up with uh, expansion joints. Uh, you might want to vary the type of windows from one unit to the other. Uh, that would certainly note a difference uh, between uh, the two or three or four buildings uh, that are that are available. So those are all po possibilities. Um, and I, I think those are maybe some small things that could be done. Um, we might figure out later on how to put this into advice for the planning commission. You know, do we, we want to see some more enhancement to the, the elevations? Uh, maybe that's general enough to give the applicant some, some direction. 
Uh, so let's move to the next item and, and do some and comment on the second issue. Okay, are the proposed materials appropriate and appropriately placed for the proposed design? Uh, Daniel, any concerns here? I mean, I'm, I'm okay with plaster and CMU on this project. Okay. Uh, agree or disagree with expansion joints? You think it could add some interest to the materials? Uh, I, I, my sentiment was plaster has always let it crack. Okay. All right. That's perfectly valid. Am I muted? Am I muted? Am I we can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear me? I, I disagree with the with the expansion joints. I don't think expansion joints will help. Um, there is a way to not. I mean, now nowadays with uh, smooth trial plaster, you you put it in, you wrap it, and it doesn't it doesn't really crack the way it did in the 90s and the 2000s. And that is, but I don't think um, expansion joints necessarily help the project. The the step backs where you actually see a shadow line, to me, that that helps um, make something. Uh, more distinctive, I guess, is the word. I don't know what that means, really, but but it 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 defines one building versus the next building. But I don't think uh, expansion joints do that. In fact, they do the opposite. I'm not a big fan. Okay. As far, as far as the materials, I'm fine with the materials. I don't think that smooth plaster and CMU that there's anything wrong with it. Um, I, I am I, yeah, I'm fine with most of the material, the polycarbonate. It's, that's all fine. Okay. Let's go to the third issue. Uh, should the stacked dwelling buildings incorporate additional materials and design elements to differentiate this building from the rest of the project? Uh, Daniel, comments? Uh, that's the green building on the right. I believe so. I think it just yes, it, it, does, it just doesn't look like a row house. That's my only problem with it. It's I believe we're saying it's stacked dwellings. Isn't it supposed to be based on the typology as row house? Or do we not care? So the building type uh, based on the downtown specific plan is a stacked dwelling building type and its frontage type is uh, a stoop front. Um, but uh, I believe these are townhomes within that building typology. That may have confused more or clarified more. Okay, I, I'm sorry, I think I, I thought I read it as it was a row house, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, I, I could be wrong. I should know this, but what are the what's the overhang material over the doors and windows? The the metal awnings. Are they metal awnings? Okay. Yeah. On, on, is it really green? Is it really that lime green, or is it? Let is me go to the material. Here, here are the colors. But is the flower bulb? No. It's this color. It's the flower, it's the Dunn Edwards 580, 582. Yes, the flower bulb. Okay, thanks. I, I actually think that that, um, that that building doesn't read as, as stacked and if it is, I, I concur with uh, committee member Salty. Okay, I'm going to agree with Member Salty as well. So let's move on to the next question. 
Okay, should the color palette be modified to an alternative color palette to be proposed? Uh, Daniel, any, any concerns there? No, I'll, I'll defer to the architects for the color. I, I would like to, I, I wish I could ask them a question again, if they're if they're happier with this color palette versus what they showed previously, but I think that's that's gone. Well, it's probably obvious they wouldn't have presented it if they weren't. So I, I think that's something we could assume without going back to a, another question and answer period with the applicant. I, I'm not going to oppose the, the color comment. Okay, neither am I. Let's go to the next question. How can the upper floors of the building at the corner plaza be modified or enhanced? So the issue is, should they be modified or enhanced? Or how? Now, which, yeah. which, which buildings? The upper floors of this cutout at the corner plaza piece. So it would be this elevation and or this elevation, or does the DRC believe the design is, is good as proposed? Uh, so how do I differentiate just the corner building? Do we have that? Can we? Can I see the next elevation? I know I have it too. But... I can't. I can go to a rendering too, if that helps. If, if that's more helpful. Does this area need any more definition or attention? I personally would like to see that uh, that podium, that little plaza. I'm not sure what what that corner is called. Um, be be as if it's being fronted on the upper levels, as if someone can can go out to their French balcony. On one side, you have a French balcony. On the other side, it looks more like side of house to me. But I think that could be defined a little bit more. Um, I think Nick and Eric could, could define that just a little bit more to make it feel like. Someone might actually be looking down on it because that is an area that someone should be able to be looking down on. Okay, I don't I don't have any comment on this. And let's go to the next question. Should the east elevation provide more architectural treatment and enhancement? Can we see the uh, East elevation. Okay, so this is facing towards the industrial area on Front Street and the and the lumber yard. This would be facing towards the Toppers Pizza Transmission Brewery site that's adjacent to it. Okay. Daniel, any issues here? Yeah, my only concern is that that yellow piece on the very top right. I know it's not really the context of the question, but I feel like that piece is, I would, I wish you could differentiate that a little bit more um, just with that, with the joint and the color. But I, I think for this facade, my only concern would be you get the east sun, right? This is the east elevation in the morning and you don't really don't have any shading devices over on that side. Um, so I'm just wondering why not? Cause I think there was a lot on the other elevations. Uh, William, I think, that, I think that's got to be a 
just a Henry or, or an elevation issue, then I don't think that really is going to change colors in the same plane, is it? Uh, maybe this. Uh, I, I, I too, if it is just changing colors, you know, like if it's only putting down a tape line and painting a different color, I would say, yeah, that definitely should be defined somehow. But um, I'm, I'm really guessing it's not going to be that that actually is defined in some, some way. There you can have your regular joint, uh, Al. Um, okay. <laughs> I think this is the weakest uh, elevation. As, as far as far as the rear part of the elevation, I don't really have that much of an issue. Um, uh, the front part, again, I have, think the massing is too large for, for its neighbors, but that's not what I'm being asked. Okay. Well, it, it is the most uninteresting portion of the building. Uh, I agree. Maybe having some awnings would add a little bit of interest. Uh, maybe a little bit more shade and shadow if that's possible, uh, but I, I could see some improvements here. Uh, just the issue is how far, you know, do we really want to push on this? Uh, it's, it's not very visible from the street or from the adjacent properties, but it, I, I could see some improvement. Okay, um, do we still have any more questions or did we hit the last one? That, that, that is all in regards to architectural style and design. We can move on to the landscape. Okay. Okay, so should more landscaping and trees be incorporated in the project? Uh, I sure wish we had a landscape architect with us uh, this week, but uh, Daniel, you can act as landscape architect. Sure. I, I would just say there's a, there's a variation in downtown between Jacaranda and palm trees. And I was wondering, maybe I could ask the landscape architect, is there a reason we're just doing palm trees on the north? And then I don't know what those shade trees are. I'm sorry, I can't see from the plan right now, but um, what, what the shading trees are on the west. Um, sure, if, if, I could, if I could first answer about the choice of the palms, if, if that's okay, committee member Salty. Yeah. So the, the reason that there was direction on the palms on Front Street was the downtown specific plan has a streetscape and tree guide. That's uh, a diagram in the plan that um, identifies the tree plantings for all the streets in the downtown. Um, and so Front Street was identified as palms, which is why the project is proposing palms. Um, if the DRC thinks a, a different tree would be appropriate, we definitely would, would like that feedback. Um, staff in itself, we prefer canopy trees, but we were just following um, the regulation of the downtown specific plan. Uh, if there's alternate proposal, we're happy to hear that as well. And the rendering on the bottom right is not reflective of it's, it's the plan of the landscape architect is taking precedent, right? Correct. Yes, this is Nicole Horn, the landscape architect, and we did change the the trees on Laurel Court on the, the left to canopy trees. Those are um, a Laurel tree uh, per the previous comments from DRC. So I think it just didn't get updated in that render. And uh, then do you approve of using palms on the north side? Yes, yeah, that's something that we worked with public works and, and staff with um, to slightly change the palm species uh, to in order to do that on the right. And I think that that'll be helpful. You know, the palms will be tall. They'll help um, sort of compete with the mass and height of the building on that side. Well, yeah, 
and the downtown specific plan does call for flowering trees on laurel, which is why direction was for canopy trees here. But again, we're open to comments. I guess my last comment for the landscape is, was it, was it impossible to put a ramp where the three planters are in that northwest side on the corner so you can have accessible access on that street? That's a good question. I don't know that it's impossible. Um, I think that we just wanted to, to bring some more green things, um, planting into that elevation. We could certainly study that. If, if that's important, there is a, you know, internal way to, to get there. You can go through the back, um, that kind of garage entry. Um, and then there's an accessible path up that through the garage, that mid block on Laurel. Yes, there. That last Lillian, do you have any concerns? Uh, no, I, I, was that the landscape architect that was just talking? Yes, this is Nicole Hine, the landscape architect. Hi, Nicole. You said green things. Green <laughs> things? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's the architect. The landscape plan seems like it's consistent with the, the downtown specific plan. It looks, it, it looks good as far as landscaping goes. Um, I, I don't like the corner being lifted at all. So having having a ramp that would be not make someone walk down half down you know a quarter of a block and then come back up would be preferable to me. But I don't I don't necessarily like the the corner with the result. But but the landscape plan looks good. Well, I think from the 2018 review that we we wanted to activate that corner as much as possible, so there would be people using it. There would be People may be sitting out there having a drink uh, that you know, would be well used uh, by uh, uh, people who live in the project as well as people in the community. So whatever you can do to activate that space and make it more of a people space, I think would be good. Um, on the landscaping side, um, and this is for the landscape architect, are, are the uh, courtyards wide enough to get enough sun into them to, to really you know, uh, keep the plants healthy and growing. They seem quite narrow and they're facing north-south. So, I mean, they're either gonna get east sun in the morning or west sun at sunset and a little bit, quite a bit at noon. So uh, I was wondering what your, your thoughts were. Yeah, I don't, um, thank you, committee member. I don't think that that's gonna be an issue um, because of there's no, are there are very few um, like bridges between the units? The units kind of go straight up. I think there's going to be plenty of sun um, throughout the day. You know, there we have few plantings on sort of the north sides. It's hard to tell. Oh, I guess there is a north arrow on that um, plan. But we where we do have less sun, we'll just use shade plantings, um, shade tolerant plants. Okay, so you are shade Yes, and those buildings, you know, they aren't that tall. They're, you know, two-story above um, for the most part. The, the tallest part would be three stories above near the, the very north side. You know, so that part might get the most shade. Um, but again, we could choose shade-tolerant trees and plants. Okay. Uh, let's address the next issue. 
So are the courtyard spaces and public classes areas appropriately designed? I think we somewhat discussed that. Are there any, any more comments? Yeah, I would just say it would be really helpful to see a shadow study. And then if you're, if you're asking for warrants, it would be nice to, for it to be proved. Like, look at the solstice is, right? And then say, we don't, we don't think the proportion in this particular site that is in the D downtown specific plan is needs to be reflected because the sun's shadow is X. And it would be really helpful just to see that. Um, it's, it's a pretty easy thing to do. So I'm surprised it's not in there. It's not in here um, that you would see it during, you know, equinox and solstice. And so we could just make that determination really fast. Solar study is part of the submittal. Is, is it in there? Do you have a page? I haven't seen one. It was, I don't think we got one, unless I missed it. I'm scrolling through the plans as well. Committee member Salty, I believe I did see one, but I'm trying to ref find what reference page for you. You know, I could, I could be wrong. I just looked at this for the first time, you know, this week, so. Of course, that's that's going to show the worst place. <laughs> do you want do you want to see it? Daddy, you plan ahead. I don't see it either. We we can certainly provide one, guys. Um, um solar sheets on the context plan. That I think it's on that context sheet. Pretty. Pretty sure that's where I put it. It's sheet A5.0. I see it, thank you. Plan. I think you're cheating though, because you're only showing it at 1 p.m. On, on the solstice. I know where you live. <laughs> Uh, I, I see it now. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think any of the the there's only one area that I think is big enough to actually call a courtyard. Um, most of the spaces aren't really courtyard spaces, but I I don't think I think plants can can live in them. Uh, good landscape architects can uh, pick shade plants to to work in there. I just don't think they're big enough to call you know, uh, all those spaces courtyards. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can rely on the professionalism of the landscape architect to make sure that the plants are appropriate. But I, I think what the downtown what, what they're asking for is it should should they be using the downtown specific plan for the courtyard sizes, which is not being met, right? I think that they should be meeting the courtyard sizes um, personally. Yes, and that leads into the questions uh, as it related to the exceptions and, and exception and warrants. Should there be larger and more courtyard spaces uh, in the project and meet the minimum 20% requirement um, and, and or eliminate the projections and balconies and staircases in those courtyard spaces? Yes they should meet the courtyard space. William, your your thoughts? 
Those words, William, I, I would I would agree. Okay. Can I clarify that that would be for one of, for the main courtyard and not for every space? Yeah, I don't think you need it for every space. Right? I, I think it just, I, I honestly think you could keep your same plan and shift things over a little bit and, and achieve it. In the main courtyard? Yes. Thank you. Okay, I agree, but you know, sometimes the projections do add interest, they do add shade and shadow uh, to a courtyard. So I, it's not a concern of mine, uh, but I, I do agree with what you just said about the main courtyard. A clarification for me, uh, I was talking about the main courtyard and I do not actually have issue with, uh, with projections into the courtyard at all. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, the exceptions, but I do I do think that it brings interest and actually makes it feel a little bit more activated when there is a projection. In it. So, um, and I was only I was talking about the main court here. Okay. All right. Next issue. Those those were all of uh, the questions that staff had, and and we just went through the ones about warrants and exceptions. Is there any uh, concerns or comments the DRC has that staff hasn't asked questions about that you'd like to add or um, see in the project? No, I think it's, I think it's a good project. William? Uh, with with what I with what I said about some of the massing, um, I think it's a really good project. Um, I was trying to look for uh, warrants and exceptions. I thought there was another one in there, but I guess not. Uh, committee member Grodin, you are correct. There are three. Let me go back to the the slide. Um, to give me a moment. The, there are the 20%, the, the projections into the courtyard space, and then the exception is um, that the courtyard space or open space be in the rear, um, rear yard of the project. Are there any concerns that the open space courtyard is not at the rear of the project? No. William? I this is a nightmare. I, I, I unmuted myself. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay, and same with me. Uh, I think it works the way it is. Any other comments, um, design recommendations that the, the committee has for this project? So, Daniel, you want to summarize your comments? I mean, overall, are you satisfied with what you see? Uh, is there anything that's major that's a major concern to you? Are you asking me out? So, I was asking if you might want to summarize. You want me to summarize from the beginning? Uh, just in general, uh, you might want to hit on the big issues. I, I sure. So for me, the big issues are the corner plaza raised, I think, can be problematic, and you need to find an accessible way to get there. 
Um, you know, inclusive design is really important. Um, I think so. If if the goal is to is to differentiate the space as much as possible, you could you should do that more with form than color, um, and that includes with, at the top of the roofs on you know what we call the hats of the project. Um, internalized court spaces should be there should be one main I think focal courtyard and it should meet as close to the pot as possible to the size provided by a downtown specific plan. Um, the jewelry could di help differentiate diff the different buildings. We call jewelry balconies or any metal railing, lighting, any architectural detail like that. Um, it'd be nice to see. So those those would be my my main points. Um, but overall, I would agree with the review in 2018 that this is you know it's fitting appropriately to the um, to the downtown specific plan. This is kind of what we've been going for, and and I wouldn't since that recommendation was approved or I felt like gave a, a green light to the project. I, I don't really feel like it should change much direction. Now, I, I think even, even though the people changes. Sorry, say that again. Any design comments or direction on this building? I would say if you wanted a major change in your project, that would be the one to do it on. So if you wanted to differentiate the buildings a lot, I would not be copying the cornice or the top of the building on that and have it matching the one right next to it. You, you know, you have a lot of options. This isn't a rooftop deck, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so if you wanted to actually put roofs on this building, this would be the place to do it. And you could really differentiate the form of that building using roofs. But that, other than that, I, I I don't know if I would, that's kind of, I would, I would leave that up to the applicant, you know. Okay. Uh, William, uh, what are your yeah. major concerns? Um, I'm going to respect the, uh, our predecessors on the committee for 2018 and um, and order podium. I concur with uh, uh, committee member Salty. I concur on the courtyard. I concur on the site building. I, I don't have much more to add than that. Uh, hopefully, you can move forward. Okay, uh, I have the same feelings as well. What member Salty said. So we're looking at maybe enhancing the corridor plaza access. Uh, buildings should rely more on form, not color, um, and maybe emphasis on increasing the main courtyard size. And overall, we uh, it seems like we find the design fitting and appropriate for the downtown specific plan. Is that a pretty good summary, or do you want to add anything more? I, I agree with Mr. Chair. Could I um, could I ask for a little bit of clarification on the plaza? Uh, from me or from staff? Well, uh, the the comment was made that that um, it should be accessible um, and and inclusive, and I, I want to make sure everyone understands that there is an elegant, accessible pathway to the plaza. It's not a ramp. It doesn't feel like a ramp. It's part of the arcade. If we try to ramp this thing, we're going to end up with about sixty feet of ramp, and I really don't want to do that. But you could you could also just put accessible parking spaces in front of the lobby, right? You can absolutely, just... absolutely happy to do it. <laughs> and we don't need to tell them how to do it. We just just tell them what the overall objective is. But that's an elegant solution. Thank you. Okay, so we're we're going to need a motion and a second. Uh, anybody want to try to put these uh, and... four issues into words? 
the summary that you provided was great. If someone wants to motion with that summary, that would be great. Um, staff can work with that. Okay. So since I can't make a motion, it's uh, up to Daniel and William. <laughs> And Chair Altman, it appears that uh, Chair uh, Chairman Groden was having internet issues. So, okay. do we really need to reiterate it again, or can we can we just make a motion on what we had previously said? Committee Member Salty, you don't have to reiterate. We can take those those comments you've said. Okay. Then I'll make the motion. So can you live with these three recommendations that are on the screen at this point? And the comments that you that committee members Salty summarized and, and and you all added to if we just make a motion that um, those comments be forwarded on to the planning commission or if the DRC wants to see it again that those comments be incorporated and bring it back just, just some type of motion giving direction on the next step with those comments. Well, I think it's appropriate that we state we find it fitting and appropriate to the downtown specific plan. Yeah, um, Chair Adamley, it looks like we've um, lost committee member Grodin. If we could just um, pause until he rejoins so that we have a quorum for this action. Apologize, everyone. It appears he's rejoining. He, he yes, he's just rejoined and made him a panelist. I can hear you most of the time. We can hear you now, committee member. Were you able to hear all of that discussion we just had? I mean, some of it. So just to summarize again, uh, staff would be fine with a motion with uh, the motion, including uh, in, including the summary of um, the comments that were made at the end, and then a motion of whether um, the DRC would like to move that recommendation forward to the Planning Commission, would like the project brought back to the DRC, just what the DRC would like to do as the next step. Were there any comments from us on that? Because I say we uh, include our comments on, on for the Planning Commission and move forward, I don't need to see Yeah, I'll, I would I would leave it to staff to to take care of what we said, and if if they feel comfortable with moving it forward to planning commission, I'm okay with that. I would also agree. But we'll need a motion. Yes, we would need a motion with with that direction. Daniel, will you make a motion? Yeah, I'll make a motion. I, I, I missed so much. Today. No, it's, so you know, I don't think we need to reiterate again. We we made our comments. This is going to go at staff discretion. If staff discretion feels like they want to go bring it back to DRC, to that's fine with me too. But we'll we'll leave it to staff discretion and and to move it forward to planning commission. Um, a second. Oh, I second that. 
Okay, uh, clerk, would you please call the roll? Now is the time for the DRC to vote on project 12049 Laurel Courts. Uh, the recommendations as stated to staff and the comments will be forwarded to Planning Commission. Committee member Grodin. Yes. Committee member Leo is absent. Committee member Salty. Yes. Committee member Tomasito is recused. Chair Altman. Yes. That motion carries three yeses, one absent, and one one recused. Thank you, project guys. Okay. Thank you, Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. All right, we do still have one more item uh, to conclude. That's item number three. Uh, so the next item on the agenda is this quasi-judicial discussion. Yes, thank you, members of the DRC. I have a two-hour presentation to give you on quasi. I'm kidding. It's not going to be two hours. Uh, in the staff report, we asked that you uh, would have watched the council presentation on this. So uh, we're just going to run through the slides just to let you know they're there. If you want to come back to talk about any of the slides, we can do so. Uh, I do not plan on repeating much in the presentation, just doing some highlights. Uh, and then we can go into a dialogue. Uh, so next slide, please. Next, here we go. Um, and click one more time, I think. So this is this was the agenda of all the slides. As I said, we can come back and talk about any particular topic. Next slide. Just a slide about my background. Uh, we can go to this if you want to. Next slide. The foundation of everything that we do in the city with regulation comes back to police power and we're able to basically affect and limit the rights of individuals with what they can do with their property so long as we can tie it to health, safety, and, and welfare issues. Most of zoning um, design guidelines and such actually fall under welfare. Uh, the health and safety is more in the building codes. Um, uh, next slide. There's a lot of layers of regulation. We have the general plan, which is at the high level. Uh, there are specific plans and other types of, of documents, the municipal code where the zoning is uh, and design guidelines and, and so on. All of the parts under the general plan need to be consistent uh, with the policies of the general plan. Next. Uh, please click one more time. So remember this, this was a slideshow made for uh, all the boards, uh, council and planning commission in particular, they handle things that are sometimes about changing the rules not a project on a particular site, but a new specific plan, changing the zoning and such. That's the legislative process. Uh, for the most part, I would say 99.9% .9 of what the DRC is gonna see is a project that follows the rules. And to be clear, there are variances and exception processes built into the rules. So someone applying for an exception is actually following the rules. Uh, I know some members of the public don't see it that way, but from this perspective, um, uh, they are in the following the rule, rule category. That's the discretionary process. 
That's the part that you deal with the, with the most. There's a ministerial process about following the rules as well. That's primarily when you file for building permits and such, you don't need to go to hearings and such. The discretionary process is the quasi-judicial, which is um, the part that we are dealing with the most in this presentation. Next. This is just a slide about CEQA. Um, boards that do not take final actions don't need to uh, focus on CEQA as much. Uh, if you have questions, we can come back to this. Next. Going back to kind of the overall role, um, the, the challenge that uh, you as a board have, which um, I think you you recognize as you go through and talk about about topics and items is you are you are reviewing what a private property owner wants to do with their property based on plans reviewed by professional architects, landscape architects, and and, and so on. But at the same time, you have to balance that with the with the needs of the community and the community's plans and such. And the most challenging aspect of all of this is getting it just right, which is something in this meeting and in, in prior meetings, uh, the USDRC have talked about a lot. Is this too much to ask for? Um, is this um, is this not? So that's something that the DRC is already doing very well. Next slide. Not even really going to touch on this because DRC doesn't go into the legislative. Uh, realm. Next slide. Uh, you are in the quasi-judicial world for the most part. Uh, think about a courtroom. You, you are the judge and jury making a recommendation based on what you receive at the meeting. Uh, you receive information from staff, you receive information from the applicant, you receive information from the public, and you have to make a decision based on all of that. Next slide. This just goes into that further that you're basing it on what you get at the hearing. And it is important to note that the recommendations and decisions should not be based on opinions. Uh, they should not be based on independent uh, investigation that you do about a project. Uh, it should be about information that's at, at the hearing. Next slide. Uh, just move on from this one because this is the comparison of the of the two. Uh, please click. So there, there are four major categories of players in the quasi-judicial process. There's the city, which is the council, staff, all the boards, including the DRC, um, all the departments in the city. Next. As Design professionals, you know, there are other agencies as well uh, who sometimes have direct influence, sometimes have indirect influence. Next. Clearly, there's the property owner. Uh, and in this category, just for the sake of simplification, we're including the, 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 the applicant's agent or the consultants, including the design consultants that they bring on. Next. And then lastly is, 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 is the public. And by that, I just mean everybody else who has uh, interest in the project. Um, next. 
uh, please click once. So this was just provided to Council and Planning Commission as this is generally the process that happens between the, and the differences between a discretionary project and a ministerial project. So just imagine the top one is going through the planning and hearing process. The bottom one is going through the building permit process. Next. And then click one more time, please. This is this is something that um, is important because state law is moving more housing projects in particular towards ministerial review, taking out the discretion. Uh, there are state law requirements, uh, particularly after the next housing element update occurs, uh, that there are going to be many projects that uh, uh, will not go through to an administrative hearing uh, or to a planning commission for a public hearing. Uh, that is on the horizon. Um, this is provided as kind of a heads up and FYI to all the boards that uh, state law is has already gone in this direction and, and it will be happening um, in the future. One, one project, the veterans housing project, um, did actually go through a ministerial process. Uh, they agreed to come to DRC, DRC reviewed it, um, and then they used their uh, the state law authority to uh, not go to planning commission. Uh, and so that project ended up being approved uh, without going to a planning commission hearing. That's been the only project so far in town that has, has done that. Next slide. So again, this is just the agenda list. Um, next slide. And that concludes my part of the presentation as the primary purpose of this is for for dialogue and, and, and discussion. We can go back to any of the slides that you're interested in. If you could go to the next slide, please. Uh, and we can talk about any of the topics that, oh, please click again. Yes, thank you. Um, we can talk about any of the topics as, as, as you desire. You should just unmute Al. I'm back on. Uh, question I think there's an exception to the independent investigation. If I go out to a site to look at it, am I doing an independent investigation? If you go out to a site and look at it, uh, that is not independent investigation. Through ex parte communication, you should mention that, but it is pretty accepted that a a board member for a land use item is going to go and look at the property. An independent investigation would be uh, going and talking to the applicant, uh, asking them questions not at the hearing about the project, uh, talking to people around the project, getting their opinions on it. That, that's what we mean by that. So if I was to look in the, in the past applications that have been submitted over the years on a piece of property, that would not be independent investigation? Using the city database. And Andy, do you want to chime in? Sure, uh, Chair Anselman. I, I wouldn't think that would be the case. It would be uh, those would be public documents that would be available to anyone to look at. That's different than than going and doing some research by speaking to uh, adjacent neighbors, kind of like what Peter was saying. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's, um, that's the key point: is the the DRC 
the public and the applicant should have the same access to all the information that the DRC is basing their recommendations on. We, we actually had a, a board member uh, ask if they could do an investigation, which is why we put it in the slides. Okay, uh, I have another question, and, and this comes from seven years on the Architectural Review Board and five years now on the DRC. And that's a question of agents, because uh, these submissions are, are considered instruments of service uh, by the architectural uh, uh, and engineering uh, professional codes. And I think if someone's going to represent themselves as, as an architect or as an engineer, uh, I think staff should ensure that we really are talking to architects and engineers who are providing these instruments of services and not to maybe a non-professional. So I, I don't know if that's something you check. I know the building department checks on this, but if somebody's going to be representing themselves as the architect or the engineer for a project, uh, I'd like to know that they really are architects and engineers. And Andy, do you want to start with that one? Uh, I understand your concerns. I think that would be, uh, I don't know if, if planning is able to confirm that and include it in the staff report or their qualifications, I don't know, their, their, their certifications or what, certifications or whatever those uh, initials mean, um, if that would uh, be informational. I, I don't see any problem with that legally. Okay, I, I think I'll forward you a letter from the Board of Architectural Examiners that addresses this issue and it spe specifically deals with planning and planning submissions. So, uh, I'll get the address uh, offline on this and send that to you. That's all the questions I have. I mean, from my perspective, we're just not, as DRC members, we're not supposed to talk to city council, planning commissioners, right? Any of the other review bodies, the historic, historic landmarks on any project prior to reviewing anything, correct? That's correct. After a project goes through all of its hearings, you can talk to those board members about what happened as, as much as you'd like. But while it is still in, while it still might come before you as a board, you should not have those kind of conversations. It is not an absolute restriction, and Andy can uh, chime on this. The reality is, you are members of the community. You are going to have conversations with people that happens. And so there's ex parte uh, communication that is, is mentioned at the beginning of most items where uh, if you do something where you got more information um, and you disclose it, for the most part, that that handles handles things. The only caution is you don't want your ex parte communication to get into too much detail or to show where you might might uh, that you've made a decision already in your head. So I have, I have one more question. If, if you say I recuse myself on a project, could I go to another board, say the Historic Landmarks Commission and speak as a citizen? Or what if you did sign up for the DRC or Planning Commission or what have you, are you allowed to still go to those other things even though now I'm in, we're, you're in a position of authority, right? I. Uh... That is, uh, there are rules, exceptions to the conflicts of interest rules uh, that would allow you to do that in most cases. So 
if that scenario scenario occurs, reach out to me, reach out to us, and we can discuss to make sure that you're operating within the confines of the regulations. But I think generally speaking, you have the ability, um, even before your own body, um, if you uh, recused yourself and it affected you as a member of the public, you would have the ability to even identify that on the record and and then speak as a member of the public. To, you're not giving up your own rights and interests because you serve on the DRC. Thank and, you. and if I could um, clarify the last point that you, or last question that you asked too, I would agree with Peter that it's not really a, it's not really a prohibition against uh, discussing uh, projects with other boards, but the, I think it's not advisable. And the reason is, is, is that it, uh, it's it's both for you and for the other member. The other member will have to disclose, or, or could just have would have to disclose if they received any additional information on the project that would be ex parte communication, right? And then you would have to disclose the information that you received or the conversation that you had uh, with your appointing city council member, uh, for example. So uh, the the optics of that are are bad, even if you um, even if nothing happened. So again, it. it it would be advisable that you not have those conversations. It's 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 not um, in the interest of transparency uh, for the public. It, it wouldn't be a, a good idea for either you or your the other member to have those conversations. Thank you. I, I had a question um, about the statement about uh, opinions. Uh, you mentioned that opinions are not uh, supposed to be. Uh, uh, given or used in, in how we make decisions. Um, obviously, commenting about design and the questions that were asked in these hearings uh, is largely subjective um, and requires us to, to base our comments off of our personal and professional opinions. Um, however, I think that, like you sort of alluded to, the going to these administrative uh, decisions. Um, I, I'm curious why we even see projects that are wholly compliant with uh, downtown specific plan uh, or whatever code uh, objective standards they are, there are. Um, and for those that aren't, that are requesting exceptions or warrants, what have you, uh, why we're commenting on, on aspects of of design and offering opinions on things that you know they're they're compliant with. There, there's no objective standards that they're they're not meeting. Yeah, I I think I would if, if asked, uh, I would say that the comments that you provide here, uh, for the most part, what I heard, uh, I wouldn't call them opinions. Uh, I would call them. Uh, professional judgment and yes in some ways you got that professional judgment outside of the hearing but this is a design board uh, that was set up to have design professionals uh, if, if you liked a particular style and uh, pushed for that style in every project uh, then I think someone could start to say hey is that appropriate? I have, I have not heard this group really ever do that. I think you do kind of the opposite. You say, you identify the issue, you throw out a couple 
ways to address it, but you but you kind of put it back on the applicant's architect. It's like, here's an issue that can be better, make it fit better, please do it. Sometimes you might come in and say, this, this really should look like this um, for these reasons. And again, you know, I personally would not call that an, an opinion the way uh, the four of you have handled it in the time that you've been together. Yeah, and I think that this, if, if I may add, I think the distinction is um, the personal versus professional. We do expect that the DRC, since you are a board that's comprised of design professionals, would be giving um, your um, professional advice, opinions, and uh, review of a project. Uh, like Peter said, when you go into, I like all Spanish style buildings, and so I'm going to tell every applicant to build a Spanish style, even though the regulations allow more variety, that moves into the, the area of um, bringing your personal taste or opinions into um, your role as a, a professional on this board. It, it's, not, it's not easy to exactly lay out what, what, what's good, bad, better or worse. Uh, it is, it's an, it's an imperfect process because it, and it's challenging. And um, as you noted, that is why the state has changed the laws to try to make things less subjective. Um, but at this point, our ordinances call for certain things to go through certain processes. And so uh, a project can be fully 100% compliant with the zoning rules or the specific plan and it might still require design review and the planning commission and and council can change that but at this point uh, those are the those are the rules i guess i guess i'm curious at, at that point what is the quasi judicial approval that's necessary and i, I think we're getting these recommendations with the streamlining ordinance um, i think we're kind of getting away from that quasi-judicial nature of, of our hearings and our comments. Um, you know, because we're, we're sort of just making comments and recommendations. And, and, and I would agree with that. And part of, you might still in a court of law be viewed as quasi-judicial because you're, you're holding a hearing on a, uh, an item affecting a property and, and you have a, a role in it. Um, uh, but one of the things that we're going to be exploring is if we do make the switch to DRC being a uh, recommending body, if we make that permanent, uh, most of the state laws allow design review, even for ministerial items. So there might still be a way that we can benefit from um, the board's expertise, even if the eventual final action might not be at a public hearing. If I could add something on that, uh, I think that uh, even, even in the cases where the DRC is acting as a recommended body, there's still weight given to those recommendations. And, um, and it's important at both at the, the next level uh, and with the public 
And so it's important, I think, that the that those recommendations be done transparently um, without the 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 opinion that there is that there are somehow um, there are, there are somehow off record influences on those recommendations. So I think even in the cases where you guys are operating as a recommending body, it's really important that we still maintain um, those same rules and protections to keep the process open and fair for the public's benefit and for the, the next body that's relying on those opinions that you provide. Any other questions or comments? If uh, we make a recommendation and it goes to the planning commission and let's say they decide to ignore it, are they obligated to explain why? They're ignoring it. Andy, please uh, chime in af afterwards and, and, and correct me if I go off base. I don't believe they have to. Um, I believe that the process and uh, if you will, the, the culture of the, of the hearing process that we're trying to establish is that there will be mutual respect amongst all boards. And if they do do something that is contrary to a recommendation that they'll, they'll say why. Um, the, the concept of recommendations is not new. I mean, st as staff, we make recommendations every board all the time. Sometimes you agree with them and sometimes you don't. Uh, we appreciate that you generally give us feedback when you don't uh, of why, because we can learn from that, but you don't have to. Uh, and I would say the same thing for uh, all, all, of, all of the boards that would, would get the recommendation. Andy did. Well, it can, it can be quite demoralizing if you're on a board and you're consistently making recommendations that are ignored and not addressed. And it just seems like it would be good policy to at least explain why you don't agree with the recommendation. Yes, I, I fully agree. It, 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 Good policy, good, just, just the right thing to do. But whether it can be required, uh, I mean, we could, we could look at bylaws and and, and such. Uh, but I do want to note. I think in the time that we've had the emergency streamlining ordinance, I could probably count on my hand the issues that uh, have have that either the, at an admin hearing officer level or the planning commissioner council that. Uh, a recommendation that that either DRC or HPC had uh, was not followed. Uh, in some cases, particularly when you're at planning commission and council levels, they do have a broader scope of things they have to look at. Um, and and sometimes there's legal issues. I'll, I'll just say, I, I know there's been times when, um, particularly in the past, when some DRC members would talk about heights. And because of where, and if it's a housing project where state law is now, if it complies with our height regulations, we can't make them make it shorter. And so those type of cases, uh, I think are the ones where, where maybe the, the boards down the line are, um, might not follow the recommendation. But I think for the most part on cases where it's been, there hasn't been a legal issue 
uh, I think for the most part, the, the recommendations have been have been followed. As we get more staffing, uh, we are understaffed right now. Our goal is to provide more feedback to you on what happens to the projects as they move on. Uh, so you are aware of what of what the what what happens at the future hearings, which recommendations uh, uh, were followed, and if any were not. So uh, that is something we we do hope to work on um, the tail end of this year or starting next year. I'll just kind of add to my sentiment. I, I'm I'm concerned that it does a, it doesn't serve anyone for us to when. There are things that we're applying, or I won't say applying, things that we are, uh, you know, providing comments on recommendations uh, that ultimately do not have any, uh, we don't have any, uh, you know, influence or authority to impact. Uh, whereas we give the public, you know, opportunities or or the the uh, perception that that we can when. You know, those recommendations are just going to go on to, to the planning commission and they're going to say, no housing accountability act says I get to put the height at what it is. Um, I, I just feel like it's, it's, uh, you know, a disservice to the, the public and the community. Um, and it, you know, just adds confusion and, and, uh, you know, some additional time for applicants or architects and the city to work through those. Yeah, and we will typically put in the staff reports if there is any Housing Accountability Act or state law that would preclude certain modifications so that the, the DRC and, you know, whoever the re reviewing approving body is that um, what areas where we do have ability to make modifications in areas we don't because of uh, other state laws that preclude us from doing so. We'll, so we will try to incorporate those things into to projects or into staff reports, sh should I say. Thank you. And then my, my last comment that I'll make, is I think I've, I've said it before, but I think that's uh, why uh, we should as um, as decision makers get, get comfortable with uh, the rules, regulations that are in our our codes to allow for uh, warrants and exceptions, because those are the opportunities that, that we truly do have discretion um, and the ability to impact. And uh, without those, um, you know, we're we're limited in, in how we can affect uh, positive change in the projects. Any other questions? If I could just cl close out with, um, from staff's perspective, uh, the work of this board uh, had, uh, has been very good. Uh, we wish we could give you more time to give you updates on, on projects that have come through here. Uh, we, don't, we don't have the resources right now to do that. Uh, more resources are, are, are on its way. We need to tackle some heavy lifts on, on some work tasks. Uh, in future years, we want to give you uh, uh, 
more input and, and more information about, about these things that are happening. Uh, you're, you're getting projects that some in the community have had strong feelings about, and it's never easy uh, to have to go through what your roles and responsibilities are when there's strong opposition. Um, and then as, as some of you mentioned, that there's state law that's also putting the city into a, uh, into a corner. So um, there, if you go back a few years, there are people who say that maybe the boards were not doing the, going outside their purview or not doing the right thing. Uh, I just wanna tell you, I think you've been doing a very good job and uh, your, your uh, work with us, uh, uh, we very much appreciate it. So, Ned, if you want to move on to the next item. Sure. Uh, any of last questions before we end this informational item? Okay, Chair Adelman, that is all of the formal items that we have on tonight's agenda. Just to um, let the committee know uh, of some things that have been going on in um, community development in the city um, since we last met. General plan update is um, uh, in process right now to look at the uh, updating the whole plan. Um, right now, there is a survey out for visioning that has um, up on the general plan website that has a a link to the survey with some questions and it's an interactive survey that has a map of the city and where you'd like to see change, change growth, added um, areas and um, encourage you to, to, to let anyone know, take it yourselves, spread the word about that. And then in the months of August and September as um, uh, county orders and restrictions allow, we are looking to do some pop-up events and discussions and go out and, and talk to the community more about their desires, visions for the future of Ventura. So um, we'll be out and about in the city. If you have any interest in, in knowing what's going on with the general plan and the documents that have been prepared thus far, um, www.planventura.com is the general plan website for more information on that. Um, our um, uh, next meeting of the DRC that we will be holding will be September 15th. Uh, we will uh, be canceling the September 1st meeting, uh, and there will be a project for, for your review on September 15th. Uh, and that's all of the staff information and updates that we have this evening. Thank you. Okay. If there's uh, no further staff communication, then uh, I declare the meeting adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all. Bye.